Welcome to the Casual Fridays REI podcast, where you'll learn about the wildly profitable niche of land investing. Active land investors Adam Southey and Justin Sleva are here to share their experiences with you so that you can learn how to build massive cash flow and huge profits from this highly lucrative niche. So without further ado, here are your hosts, Adam Southey and Justin Sleva. Hey, what's up, guys? I'm Adam Southey here with my co-host, Justin Sleva, and this is the Casual Fridays REI Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about some new things to us. Before we do that, though, let's talk about the Casual Fridays REI Consulting Program. Guys, basically, we're here to help. Doesn't matter if you're brand new to this and you just want some help picking and pricing a county, or you've been at it for a while and you're looking for some help on ways to expand. All you got to do is go to our website at casualfridaysrei.com, click on the consulting tab, walk through the sign up, and we'll be in touch to help you get started. What up? Yo. Man, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm overdressed for the occasion. I'm wearing long sleeve, long pants, and a boots. Yeah, I don't know about overdressed, right? It's a long sleeve t-shirt and, yeah. and blue jeans, right? It's not yeah. like it's slacks and a button down. Yeah, but I'm saying it's about to be 100 degrees here in Texas, yeah. and I'm having to do this. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah. I guess you're wanting to share why. Yeah. So, so yeah. Justin, tell us, why Why are you dressed like because, that? Because when we talked about crushing it, you know, your dumbass friend doesn't get his motorcycle, and sometimes you just got to buy a motorcycle to go ride with your buddies. I bought that motorcycle. Yeah, you did. And uh, thanks to Mr. Southie for driving me out there and helping me pick it out and pick it up. Mm-hmm. And now I've got to put so many miles on it before we take off for Colorado at the end of this week. That's right. Yeah. Yeah, you bought it and you had five days to put 500 miles. Yep. Yeah. And we're, we're, we're questing through it right now. We're questing through it. That's a lot. Yeah. It, it, without getting on a freeway and just riding. I mean, I could go 200 feet. I could ride to Austin and back and knock it out in a day. But yeah. That's not what you need to do for the bikes. I'm having to do heat and cold, hot cycles on it, run through the gears, let it all stretch its legs. But, you know, it's really cool to to kind of go back into the days because we've been riding bikes for 20, 20 plus years, mm-hmm. but never ridden an adventure bike before. Yeah, yeah. You're you're getting all this 500 mile experience before we head out into the dirt. To the, to the mountains and we're, we're looking. So what, what's our what's our towns again that we're going to hit in our loop? Hitting uh, Steamboat? Steamboat Springs, right? Okay. Leadville and... Um, I just forgot the last one. Sagoda? Uh, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank. Okay. But all real pretty mountain towns. We're flying into Denver. I fly into Denver. I get there at 8 a.m. I'm, I'm driving. Yeah, you're driving. I land at 8 a.m. We pick the bikes up at 9 a.m. Right on the road. And then we're gone. You get back Monday at 4.30 and head back to the house. Yep. It's going to be a big weekend, a lot of fun. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. And the cool thing about this is, you know, it's one of those things that we told Aaron we'd make sure that he got to see the mountains when he got his kidneys. Doctor cleared him last Friday. He is on a he's he's riding with me up, but he's in a truck headed to go two weeks after he's been cleared to go ride motorcycles in the mountains. Yeah, Aaron is a friend who yeah. had kidney. He had, he yeah. wrecked in. Uh, he's a supercross racer. You may remember Lamuel if you've been following Lamuel for a while. You would see we sponsored a supercross racer a couple years ago. He raced supercross four races, wrecked in Vegas, got a kidney infection, and actually lost functions of his kidney and ended up having to get a transplant. So. You know, 36-year-old guy that had to deal with that healthy, healthy, healthy guy and have that happen. So now he's back on the prowl, ready to rock and ride. So we're ready to see him light up on top of these mountains, just twisting throttles. Yeah, well, so we booked this with the ColoradoOutdoorAdventure.com. Okay. Right. I'm telling this to everybody who's listening. And what they do is essentially you tell a guide what you want to do. The Mm -hmm. guide creates a a path for you. You get a GPS, Mm -hmm. and then you follow it through. Yeah. Well, Taylor, our friend of ours who's spearheading this whole thing, told them that we have a professional motocross supercross <laughs> rider with us and to make it make it a little gnarly. Yeah. Right? And I'm going, well, you know, that's great because I'm not a professional supercross rider. <laughs> wait, I have wait, been, wait, wait, wait. I have no, been riding motorcycles for a long time, but yeah. 
never once was Supercross level or even close to it. So. <laughs> have you? Have you? And I don't know this. I'm asking because I, I just genuinely don't know. Have you ever been on a motocross track? Oh yeah, I used to race. Okay, I, okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, I knew that you did when you you had a motocross bike when you were younger, but I didn't know if you ever got like on a big track before. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, there was a time I had because well, you know my dad he refuses to sell right, so I yeah. that was a time I had seven motorcycles. Oh wow, okay. Yeah, and we traveled okay. all the time to race. Okay, okay. I didn't know yeah. how in depth y'all were into that. Okay, oh, yeah, yeah. That was life back then. Wow. Okay. Learned something new today, <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of what we're talking about is things that we learned over the last week because we both kind of got hit with a bunch of stuff over the last week that we're just like, oh shit, we hadn't seen that before. And, that would share it with y'all because this is about sharing our journey. Yeah. It's not like they're life changing. They're just new <laughs> things to us. And right. They're just, well, why not share it? Yeah. Well, I'm going to start with one because it really like it, it gave me a chuckle. I was looking through some deeds. I, I, I was looking at a lead in Oklahoma and I was looking through their deeds to check chain of title. And I, so I did a search by the person's last name and ran across where the guy had bought a cemetery. He got a, bought a cemetery lot. He got a cemetery deed and that's what it was titled. Yeah. So I would have never have remembered that, but I, I think I knew that plots were deeded. Well, I understood they were deeded, but I didn't know it was recorded as like, this is lot, uh, lot seven in row J at the city uh, city yeah. cemetery signed by the mayor as the grantor. Yeah. There's something a little weird about it. I just, I, I think that's what it is. Something's a little weird it about just, it. It just struck me. I've never seen warranty deed, special warranty deed, quit claim deed, cemetery deed. So does that mean they can, if the cemetery fills up, they can't ever. That's their spot. Nobody can take it. No, that's what say. That was, that, that's that, yours. You own it for. <laughs> that's yours forever. Eternity. Paid 500 bucks for it for the city cemetery lot. Hmm. Thought it was interesting. And did you send a letter on this? No, 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 no. <laughs> it was just, it came back in some due diligence checks. So I thought it was just one of those things that was kind of funny. And a lot of this stuff comes from looking through deeds and, you know, trying to figure out if we need to buy the property. If, like the next one that I came with, and uh, I'll jump, uh, I'll jump in with this is the term varus. So me and Beth bought a property in East Texas, or we're in the process of buying in East Texas. We sent our drone pilot out. We give them the coordinates that we get from our parcel softwares. My first American, Parlay, MapRite, ParcelFact, all show this property being in the exact same spot. Uh, we read the legal description, and it matches everything around it. So in a drone pilot out, they find somebody had made an encampment on the property. So we reached out to the, the sheriff. Sheriff got involved. The neighbor gave that person permission to be on their property, which we believe to be on the opposite side of the road. So... That neighbor says he has a survey, but he won't let us see the survey. So we hired a surveyor to go out there. Surveyor goes out there and believes the property's a different property, which doesn't match what the legal description actually says. But the legal description, the way it read, wasn't in feet. You know, starting at the northwest corner of this lot, you're going to go so many feet east. They would use the term varus, which is a Spanish term for for length. And it's basically 2.78 feet, which... You know, that's rough, Matt's like 2.77172979 or but we'll call it 2.78 for easy mm-hmm. math. And that's how it read. And apparently this is common in old Texas deeds to see that term varus out there. How you spell it? V A R A S. Varas. Gotcha. I think that's how you pronounce it. I was about it. to say, that's why I was asking how you spell yeah. it if you're are you pronouncing it right? But that seems about that seems that's probably how I'd say it. Well you said Leadville earlier or Leadville. No, I said Leadville. Leadville, and, and I, I said Leadville. Leadville. Yeah. I know it's Leadville because I've heard it many times. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying that the proper enunciation no. could be off. No, not on this end. Not on that one. Okay. No. Okay. Um, but say I've had some things that I learned okay. as well. As we, also, one of them that took me by surprise because I've been, I guess I've been doing my marketing inconsistent with legal rules, I guess. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> right? The Truth <laughs> in Lending Act. 
Okay. Right, this is a this is a little like law thing, right? Hold on. So truth and lending acts. So we're talking terms deals. Our our listeners that are using terms deals and advertising for terms deals. Yeah. Okay. So truth and lending act. Uh, it's a rule written to make sure that you're telling the truth in the way you're going to be doing lending, right? Mm-hmm. If you're doing owner finance stuff or any kind of lending, right? If you're a bank extending lending, I guess is, the same applies. But anyway, they have things called trigger words. Okay. A trigger word is any kind of number in your advertising. Oh. Okay. Meaning thousand dollars down or payments at 230 a month or okay. whatever right uh-huh. if it has a number that's a trigger word and if you have a trigger word then your ad must also consist of several things or else it is in violation of tila okay and i've been missing some of these things and uh i guess they're finable events if i understand it right you can get in trouble for it and i have never and i've done you know <laughs> 10 ads a day on craigslist for three years <laughs> you heard somebody did 10 ads a day and it wasn't you yeah. his name was muhammad yeah yeah anyway if you do something like if you put a number in like a thousand dollars down or if you put a monthly payment or whatever mm-hmm. you must also there's four things you have to have even if you only put one let's say you okay. right let's all you put a thousand dollars down well then you must have the other things right so you have to have the amount or percentage of the down payment, okay. the repayment terms, okay. the annual, the APR, mm-hmm. and it has to be the APR has to be completely spelled out. And then, if the APR can be raised after the credit is extended, it has to be disclosed. So that's so that's basically like if I see it just for switching asset tab. If I see a car ad that says this could be yours for two ninety seven a month, and it has the asterisk, and then at the bottom it says yeah. with approved credit, yeah. one thousand down, forty eight months. Yeah. And, that was the exact example that was told to me. Is, okay, as these stupid car ad, ads, right? If the car ad says three thirty a month, uh-huh. all that big paragraph at the jargon. bottom, right? That's all the Tila Tr- stuff because they used a trigger word. Wow. Okay. So we have to have that in your ads if you do it. Now, if you just say something like low down payment, uh-huh. well, that's not a trigger word. You didn't put a number. Low down payment, owner financing available. Easy monthly payments. Easy monthly payments. Okay. Yeah. That just saved some guys some chance, some risk there. That's uh-huh. it's it's awesome to me that we're humble enough to say, Hey, we learned stuff still four years later after we, you know, we, we still, we still do that. And I hope our listeners pick up on that because we're always trying to improve and get better and make our, our group. I, I, we don't really necessarily have a group, but we have kind of a lack of better term group, the people that follow along and mm. have go through this. And we hope that our bumps and bruises and little pieces of knowledge help them get better as well. Mm. And two other, I don't, two other things that I just learned this week that I'm not going to go super deep on, into them, but because you already knew about one, so maybe yeah. this is just new to me, but it's the Texas Veteran Land Loan Program. Mm-hmm. That one I thought was really interesting. That can, I can help out a lot of people who are trying to sell land to veterans who don't mm-hmm. want to do an owner finance term, right? Because yep. under the uh, Land Loan Program, you, you can in Texas, right, a veteran can get uh, up to $150,000 to purchase land at competitive interest rates and... All they need is five percent down. Yeah, as and long as it's one acre or more. Yeah, and there's a couple other little things that they're going to check for that it has all weather access, so the property mm-hmm. has to have that, mm-hmm. and it has to be not in a flood zone. Yeah. So there's a few little caveats. If you're going to do that, typically plan for a sixty day close. They do send an appraiser out on it, and then they will work through it. But it's uh, I had my contract had a few things that had to change to get through it because I just actually closed one of those deals, and it was a it helped the guy. He ended up putting more than I think he put. I think he put fifty percent down. But mm-hmm. yeah, it was no problem for him to get approved. And he's, you know, he's getting out of the military, retiring, and this is going to be his retirement home. Yeah. There's a lot of veterans that we sell land to, right? Mm-hmm. And not everybody wants, this is obviously in Texas, but not everybody wants owner finance notes, mm-hmm. you know, and it's hard sometimes to get loans just specifically for land. Yep. And so this allows that, opens that up. Most definitely. 
And then the last thing, which I'm definitely not going to go a lot into, it was just one of those I thought was interesting because we've been talking a lot about subdivides. Yeah. Right? Is I read under HUD. Okay. If you do a subdivide with 25 lots, uh-huh. right, you have to be registered with the government. Like through HUD, you have to submit all your information to HUD and have them review it and make sure everything's in compliance with them. So when we do our big subdivide that we keep talking about for into 2020, 2021, we're going to be 24 or less. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> I was thinking that too because you can go buy three, four, five, six hundred acres. Twenty-five uh-huh. lots is very easy to get out of that. If you're cutting twenties, yeah, yeah, you know, and so you can easily fall into that. And that just seems you get the government involved, uh-huh. it's going to be a mess. Uh, I yeah. remember I remember reading about that one time, and it and I don't know if it's a land guy that we know. I just I ran across a piece of property that he had bought and sold, and so I googled the name because it looked like a company name, and he got hit in Arizona for not making a public offering when he subdivided and had more than seven lots because Arizona has another law. And I'm, I'm not exactly sure the verbiage and how far off I'm in, but just for simplistic conversation, if you offer more than seven lots at the same location for sale in Arizona, you have to do a public offering and you have to make it a, a public announcement, I guess. So man, just those little things like that, that as you like, I'm scaling up past my, you know, keeping two or three properties in inventory, you want to split down to 25 or 26 and you miss that little thing and HUD comes after you. That's an easy one too, because, well, if I wouldn't just randomly come across this information, Mm -hmm. we would have never known, right? Thousand acres split down to forties is 25 lots. If my math is right. It's around there, if not exactly on, but yeah. 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 I think you just saved us some money, Adam. I appreciate that. Uh, one last thing that I ran across this week that really threw me off and I'm still kind of perplexed by it. Like, I just feel, I feel weird. Like it just, you know, you ever had those like interactions where you just feel awkward? Mm-hmm. I like, do. Yeah. I, I closed a property in New York. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I didn't sign a piece of paperwork. Yeah. I mean, you told me about this 20 minutes ago and it just sounds odd. Well, I said that. Like, I don't know how it's closed. Yeah, they go, hey, here's your wiring instructions. Here's the settlement statement. So you everything matched up? I'm like, yeah. And he goes, okay, cool. I need you and your partner's social security number, and I have all your LLC docs and everything. Like, he had all the docs. And then he sends us an email back. He goes, you're closed, and sends me a copy of the deed that they simply filed to be recorded. And I, I'm, I'm sitting there. I'm like, well, I wired you the money. Because sometimes they will have, in some of the, in some of these, in some states, they will have you. They actually need wet signatures that matches it, so they will send them to you after the the seller or the buyer, you know, vice versa. And he didn't ever send me anything to sign, so I'm just like, well, are we closed? He's like, yeah, man, all good. And I'm like, I, I just, I'm really perplexed by this. Like, I almost feel like it's not real. But he sent me the deed. Yeah, he- I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, did you? Did you ask him, do I need to sign anything? Yeah. He said, no, we're all good. All right. And I was like, okay. Well, I I don't know. It just seems odd, but yeah, if it's done, it's done. Yeah, I'll I'll take it. We've got a realtor going on it. It looks like it's going to be about a 60 or 70,000 profit property. Hmm. 70 acres in New York. We picked it up for like 12 grand, 15 grand, something like that. No, I I wired $16,000 with closing costs. Hmm. Uh, Realtor said, if you listed $1,000, I'll sell it in a week, an acre. Wow. So take one of those every day. Yeah. But I feel weird. Like I got tickled and I wasn't supposed to be tickled. Of course you would make it weird. Yeah. I'm going to keep it weird. Let's keep it weird. All right. Let's keep it ended. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's it for today, guys. Hope you learned something just like we learned something. That's why we're here. And if you did, do us a favor. Go to Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Give us a like, follow, subscribe. And then go to iTunes. Go to Stitcher. Go to wherever else you're listening to us. Like, rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Appreciate it. Love you. See you Wednesday. See you guys.